What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Pod. How are y'all doing today? How are you doing? What's Shub? good? What's good? Back at it again. Happy uh, next week. We haven't we haven't done a pod in a couple days, so I'm glad we're getting on pace. It's Tuesday. Lakers preseason, three days. Super excited. <laughs> yeah, you bring that up every time. I'm my first day of work today. Yeah, I was, up to- I was about to ask you. How was it? Dude, it's crazy. So uh, for our listeners out there, uh, I got a job with the 76ers in their uh, sales department. Um, and so it was wild, dude, because it's on East Coast time. So I literally set my alarm for like 4.15 today. Yeah. Um, and had meetings from 5 a.m. till 2 p.m. Like straight. Ridiculous. With like a lunch break, and you can call it. But the craziest part is like their lunch break is the time I have breakfast and I have lunch when I get off work. So like it's like wild. It's different. I got a shirt, too. Oh my god, they, they sent they sent one in. Yeah, That's I got merch and shit. I got oh, it's Nike Duck. I got a keychain and stuff. They, they sent swag. I got a book as well, and then like the a book they want me to read. Um that's like kind of their mantra and stuff, and then um their their handbook and manual, basically what I'm gonna go over and stuff, like for calls and stuff. So it was that's fun. Cool. It was it was good meeting uh, you know, I know my teammates from like we hopped on a Zoom call, we talked for two hours last week, but sure. um meeting the managers and hearing him talk and going through the sessions and stuff was really cool. So excited, dude, excited. Just, uh, you know, kind of nervous about selling tickets in this environment, but we'll see. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a little difficult. I know that I, I was listening to a little bit of the road tripping pod with uh, LeBron. Yeah. I saw that last night, the whole thing. Yeah. I, I was only, I was just watching part one today. Um, yeah. I was waiting for part two to come out, but he was talking about how like the fans make such a big difference in their games and, Oh yeah, people kind of like discredit that. So I'm just like, it's gonna be even harder this season. I feel like for them because now you're adding travel on top of the fact that there will be no fans at these arenas that they're gonna go to. So it definitely takes away from the energy, just to play in an empty crowd. So hundred percent. Hopefully, yeah, I totally agree. So some key tickets so that at least there's some season ticket holders there, um, you know, at your Sixers games and stuff. So yeah, hopefully we'll see. But um, in other news, back to the NBA, uh, you know, we're inching closer to the deadline. Um, you know, the countdown when, when the season is going to start. Super excited about that. Oh, and, yeah. you know, who we have next in our player projections is by far, I think, the best player, you know, so far we've talked about. Unless I'm Oh, he is the best player we've talked about so far. Not on our yeah. list, but so far. Not on our list, but so far. And that is none other than Eastern Conference champion, Jimmy Butler, probably the MVP, one of the MVPs of the bubble, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Buckets, and the G stands for Gets. This guy is one of my favorite players in the league. Um, if I follow the guy on Instagram, that's when you know. And I follow like all the Lakers and maybe like four other NBA players, and, <laughs> and he's one. And he's of one them, of them. So, like, he's one of them because I, I keep it tight, you know, with with my feet and stuff. I don't want to waste time. I Only unfollowed Josh ones. Hart today because I'm just like, dude, you just post Twitch videos no one cares about. So you got to get off oh. my feet. So Jimmy so Butler. Some old Lakers there too. So you follow some old Lakers. So I'm guessing you follow Alonzo and I used B. to. Yeah, I follow Alonzo and B. I. They're, they're my boys. But yeah, Jimmy Butler special is what I'm trying to say. Um, came off a ridiculous bubble. Um, got known as, you know, just a – an unplay a guy you can't play with or you know just doesn't fit on any team to now taking an underachieving fifth seed to the nba finals i never understood that by the way like i know he was really like, quote unquote in the moment in, when you when, when the minnesota show was going on you you didn't really think like, absolutely Come on, Jimmy. Not, dude. really no. 
Absolutely you really not. didn't think so. Dude, he took a bunch of third stringers, didn't even score the basketball, and then, like, he beat the starting lineup. If that says anything about him, I think the only thing that it says is, like, this guy can win in any situation given. Okay, but you're talking about one practice. That's, like, that, no, that's but that was really the like... practice that, like, got people, like, confused and annoyed. And, like, you know, he's, like, starting, like, an uprising or whatever. But in the, sure. the reality is, like, he was always, like, a born winner like even on the on the bull squad like that like he was he was a phenomenal player he like learned to grow and become yeah a good player and like work in the rotations and stuff exactly and, and then he went from that to playing on like i think it was from there to straight to the wolves and like dude like the he, whatever he said was fact like he took them to the playoffs the one season that yeah. he was there yeah and then he literally went to the, the sixers and made them have a phenomenal playoff run Literally, so a second a second away from the Eastern Conference final yeah, as well. So I don't I don't really understand really the the whole like he's not a winner argument because well it's not there anymore. Let's just be clear. But I'm just talking. I'm trying to go back to twenty. What what would you call it? I guess yeah, twenty nineteen. Did you believe much? Twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Honestly, bro, I have the worst memory in the world. But no, Jimmy was one of my favorite players at the time. But mm. the optics what I'll say did look bad, right? It, it, it wasn't to the point of like James Harden kind of, you know, whininess, but, you know, just unhappiness out of unhappiness. Like, you know, and, it, and, and the thing I uh, commend Jimmy about, um, it's, he's never about like, it's different in the fact that it's not about accomplishments or like, what did we sure. achieve? It's not about like harsh results. It's literally just being surrounded by guys that want to play hard and play that well. That want to win games. You know, he, like he's he's not he hasn't had you know profound playoff like success like throughout his career. Say like a LeBron or something like that, where he's sure. always making it far every year. He doesn't, um, and and that's due to like the talent around him. But he just always and that's not too much to ask. You just want guys that care, and I think that really stood out and. Once he found the right guy, mix of guys that cared, look what the fuck happened. It's just, it's just cool to me to see that, like, he played so well, but I think his game is one game that you can't really look at the stats. And you can't. Like, it, it doesn't show up. Yeah, and I think that's, like, what makes him, like, such a curious player because people are like, is he a superstar? Is he not? Like, the dude only averaged 19 a game, but then, like, he took a team with a bunch of rookies, and I don't know any other player that could have done that. Literally. Literally. Like he, and that kind of leadership and stuff. Yeah. It plays, a, it plays a massive role, in my opinion, in what's shaping him as a, as a player and in his career. And do you think that if there was no bubble that the Heat would have gone this far? No. Or, that, that's, I will concede that. I, I do not think they would have gone this far. However, yeah. I do respect the Heat crowd enough, but – there is, there's no way. I, I think it would have gone six or seven with Milwaukee, um, okay. but the Boston crowd and just something about the travel and the time to think, more time to prepare, I guess, because you're flying cities. So think about it. You're playing every other day in the bubble, but sure. think about a rest day and then a practice day rather than a rest slash practice day and then a game again between game three and game four or game two and game three. And then but you go from Boston to game three, you have a day off to travel and then yeah. you go to Miami. I, I think those aspects 
you know, make a difference. You know, if we're talking about, you know, people want to talk about the crowd and shit, but like, that's not, that's not really what I'm talking about. Um, the scheduling of the playoffs um, would have made a difference. And, and I think it would have made more time to prepare and such, you know what I'm saying? So um, I honestly, I don't think they would have made it so, but it's a good success story. I'm not complaining. I, I, I'll, I'll counter you on that. I think that they would have probably had a similar final turn because that's in fair. my opinion, like the teams that they beat, the, the Celtics, I think, would have been the hardest team for them to beat. I think the Bucks, they just like their play style was just like the Bucks kryptonite. They were the best three point shooting team in the league, and they're going up against a team that was like, "I'm fine with you shooting the three. Like, we'll just make sure that you never get into the paint." And they, but then I'll counter you on that. Like, more time with more travel, more time to prepare for the Bucks could have meant more time to, uh, you know, combat that allowance of the three-point I don't shot. think so because nice. even even in the regular season like they were like giving up the those same amount of threes and I think that yeah but in the regular season you, you're not you're, your backs aren't aren't against the wall you say that but Boldenhoser has been in these situations numerous times and that's like his playoff like mentality and like his coaching strategy like that's what it revolves around you know like that's like their main problem I don't know if they're going to fix it this coming season but that's where they struggle that's where they just like, they, they just make it so that, you know, there's a wall in the paint. You can't get past this in the paint outside perimeter. Like I'm going to guard you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to guard you. I mean, so like, I don't know. And, and like, to me th- that like kind of negates the fact like I was always high on the heat. Like I thought they were going to beat the bucks if it came down to a series and they did. Um, not saying that people like Tyler hero would have had, you know, phenomenal success if there was no bubble, but yeah, I think they had other players that could have mitigated that, like Andre Godala and Jay Crowder. No, they definitely had like so, like championship level players, and and like exactly. once I, I literally tweeted after uh, game two of the second round, the Heat went up two zero uh, due to some like you know crazy like free throws at the end for them to win it. Uh, yeah. I, I literally after the game was over, I literally tweeted that the Heat are going to the NBA Finals. Like, I literally knew it at that point. Dude, they were like, so unstoppable. They were unstoppable. I knew it, like, eight games early that they were um, – yeah, so pretty much two weeks early that they were they were going to the NBA Finals because they were just on a roll. And, and once Andre Godala was, like, playing a role, Jay Crowder caught on fire, Goran Dragic caught on fire. You you say, like, they, they brought rookies, and that's kind of, like, the bulk of it. It's true. But the others, like, they had something to prove, and, and they proved at the right time. And, yeah. you know, Bam Adebayo stepping up, like, he played ferociously and lived up to his all-star name. It was just a whole team effort. That's why we talk about Jimmy's stats not showing up in the box score because it really was a team effort. And I will give Jimmy the credit, the fact that he, he really was in charge of putting those players uh, in the right position to succeed, like, every single play. And yeah, that's only it, highlighted and emphasized by that 40-point triple-double in the finals. It was nuts. I think I think that's his capability though, and I think a lot of players never saw that come from him, and so people were always hesitant. I think that game was his statement game and like his like emergence into the top ten, like into that discussion, because you always knew that he could score the ball, but he would always kind of take a step back with whatever squad he was on, and I think it was because like he's the type of guy who elevates other players to play. Like his season averages are like like twenty seven and six, right? which are like relatively good, but like those high averages in your assists and rebounds kind of already show you that if need be, this guy can just increase to another level of production to put them like on, on par to at least compete for, an, for a championship. 
and there's there's he did just something he, there's there's something about like his command of a game in the fourth quarter that you know just throws everything out the window and it just yeah cannot, and you don't see that from any other, like you, you don't see that from like, you really don't five other six and, guys in the NBA right now so and then I, and for and for this I really want to transition into like you know positive negatives about his game and such but we're obviously talking about you know the championship run he had because it's just that marvelous um mm-hmm. this is coming from everything we've talked about Jimmy like the past uh you know the past three months or whatever the positives we talked about. He's doing this as a non-shooter, bro. Like, think about that. Who do yeah, we talk about? 25%. Who do we talk? I, I forgot who we talked about. Um, that was you, you asked me right a long time ago. Do you think the mid-range is obsolete and stuff? And here's here's the here's the, here's the literal contradiction to that. Who's literally like, fuck that? I don't need a three-point arsenal in my bag. Guess what? I'm gonna take a team two wins away from winning an NBA championship. Um, by doing everything possibly like else to do so. And it starts with this defense, which is ferocious, um, how he's able to, you know, uh, cut through gaps. And he, he was born doing that. He got into the league. He got into his rotation in Chicago by playing defense, um, uh, backing up Keith Bogans. I remember that. Um, and, and earning that starting spot with D Rose. Um, you know, that's always stayed the same. And that's where his intensity uh, begins from. But the evolution of the offensive game has just been, incredible and you know i'm not gonna get into I, I remember the three that point shot yeah 20 yeah i'm not gonna get into the three-point shot like why isn't he taking more why isn't he like whatever it is it's working because and next year like don't expect him to like hoist up more threes because guess what he looks to the left of him and he looks to the right of him and he looks to, down the middle or wherever wherever on the court he's got other people that can do that for him when you talk about Dragic, crowder was on fire in the bubble you don't have to speak well, about hero and duncan that's their uh thing um crowder's and, on the sun but yeah exactly and they replaced him with avery bradley who's a decent shooter as well and mo harkless who's a decent shooter as well you hope they're gonna get some shots as well so he doesn't need to do that it just his ability as a facilitator is just profound and you know completely trumps in my opinion the necessity for a three ball game yeah and also like i don't think he shoots enough to like say he's a bad shooter because i've seen him in in game time situations um particularly when he when i think when they were playing against the hawks like he he, he drilled the three in the clutch and won them the game <laughs> oh yeah you know i mean so like, it, it's like it, it comes about it. yeah that's what i'm saying fourth quarter it comes a lot whatever quarter, you yeah. need from him like sure yeah he'll do it and i think just overall he starts on defense i think that's where his like the meat of his game is which Definitely. I think a lot of people don't really see. Like I remember when I had him on my fantasy team the year, the year he like blew up offensively when he took over like D Rose as like the the primary guy on the on the Bulls franchise. And yeah, like, even then, like I don't think his game has improved a ton since then in terms of like his mid range jumper or like yeah, like his jump shot overall. But he's just like learned to fit, like find dude. it's the fit and also like it's really his about passing. The fit. His like culture that he brings, his like fun vibe he has around him. I think it's almost the the best. I, I think a good comparison to him would be like Allen Iverson in terms of like the type of guy he is in the locker room and like what he can do. Yeah. Like everyone loved Allen Iverson and everyone like wanted to be around him the same way people want to be around Jimmy Butler. I mean, obviously Allen Iverson had his own nuances, which made him like, I guess, 
a little bit more, you know, judging the media and stuff. And like, you know, he wouldn't show up to practice, but like he would you know, give a hundred percent of the game. Like Jimmy doesn't have those qualities. Right. But mm-hmm. I think that in terms of like the locker room presence and like, you know, cracking jokes and being a guy that people want to be around while also being like that hard ass. That's like, you know, there to win games and like give his absolute 100%. Like he just, yeah. he's just a great example setter. And you mix that with Spolster who can like always work some magic. Oh yeah. There's he has around. Like, Unbelievable. It just I, I think, perfect way for I think that um, it's kind of comparable to, you know, for our listeners out there, if you want to make a comparison kind of, but when, when Kawhi Leonard was sort of traded to the, the Raptors and the success they, they had, not immediately, but that they eventually had. I think um, obviously luck is involved with every championship run, but here you have two guys that were very disgruntled in their prior situations uh, due okay. to separate reasons, uh, lack of trust, right? La- uh, questioning, you know, the front office, questioning their teammates, uh, right? In both scenarios. Um, and then you present a, te- a winning culture. Let a- forget, the, forget the roster for a second. You just pr- present them with the winning environment. Um, clearly it wasn't, uh, Kawhi's choice, but it, it, uh, compared to like Jimmy's choice to join Miami, but here you present them a winning culture, uh, a solid GM in Masai and uh, you know Mickey Harrison, who's the owner. Uh, excuse me, Pat Riley, who, who kind of runs the decisions for them, and like you just said, Spolstra and then Nick Nurse uh, with a solid mindset. Uh, you know, tough, tough point guards at the helm, uh, who you trust with the ball at all time, um, and and then just tough guys all around. And you just put them at the centerpiece and say, drive this car home. They take care of it. And that, that's what's really elevated this star to superstar. And in my, in my opinion, put him in top 10 status. I kept saying it over and over and over again after every game I saw from him. This guy was top 10. Like, it's not even a question. Like, Jokic, he was holding that Butler, team together. Like, he was holding that team together. He was. And, and the team made him look good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, you know, go crazy about this because we're going to talk about uh, him and the Heat's future later. I I do not want to get carried away and make this guy, you know, like, you know, LeBron on the 2018 Cavs where he was himself, uh, you know, against the world kind of. Oh, he had a lot of help. He had a lot of help. It's it's not like he literally had another all-star playing alongside him. But, you know, driving the ship, very impressive to take two games off LeBron James and Anthony Davis in his prime beyond incredible and in a hungry boston team beyond incredible and to take the two-time mvp off beyond incredible so i don't like i don't think anyone saw the heat winning anymore like everyone thought it was going to be a sweep for them to take yeah. two games I oh yeah ridiculous they all thought it was a heat but yeah, yeah. um i, I want to turn it to you so we can just transition into this right away um you know it's like i don't really know people are yeah you know, like we talk about questioning like was it really a fluke it was the bubble whatsoever it, it it kind of you know with projections in the general media um they're standing in the east for the upcoming season is kind of up in the air you know you want to respect the defending champions but you okay. question whether it was a fluke or not you have uh, other teams who made a lot better moves than them um, in the off season. So, you know, on paper, I, I think there's two teams that's automatically better than them. So how do you approach this in balancing, respecting what they did last season, but also seeing how they had a mediocre uh, off season compared to the Eastern conference? That's a good question. I think if, like, if you're trying to compare them against the teams, I don't think they needed to have a crazy off season because they're kind of prepping for Giannis, but also just for the 2021 free agency class overall. But signing Bradley, I thought, was pretty cool for them. 
And I think their primarily the primary success for them isn't gonna come from like Jimmy Butler playing well or Goran Dragic having like another good season. I think it really just comes down to like is Tyler Hero overrated? Is he gonna come back and give you more numbers than he did last season? That's a good point. Um, is Kendrick Nunn going to improve? Is he gonna be a guy they can rely on? To run the, I guess he doesn't have to run the pick and roll anymore. So like, is he going to still provide you the same numbers he did last year? Um, is he going to be like that game five version of himself or game six version of himself in the NBA Finals where he was like going off and it was really hard to stop? Um, yeah, this guy from you know, performing like these and are the you need to like you yeah. need to see them like like maintaining their like I guess their status on the squad and that's what's going to put them as like a top four or five seed exactly uh, so. and um right. i uh two points i want to get to what i thought about their signings and how their makeup looks for uh, next season but the first point is for our listeners out there who might be wondering well why are you talking about the miami heat like this is supposed to be a jimmy butler sort of pod you know it, we we've understood and we've kind of established through his journey that he he is a consistent guy you know com- uh unlike uh, similar to CJ McCollum, who we discussed before, you know, Jimmy's going to be Jimmy, his attitude, his press conferences. If you watch Jimmy, if you listen to Jimmy, um, he's all about one thing and one thing only, and that's winning in his team. Right. And so we can, as fans and, and as players and coaches, whatever you want to say, he's going to be there. You know, he's not going to wow you with the stats, but he's shown repeated success, Philly, you know, uh, where's he at Miami uh, and Chicago, um, and Minnesota too, this, the, the stats are consistent and he's going to be at the top of that. So we know what we can expect from Jimmy. His game is already polished enough. It's just a matter of sustaining it for, for the rest of the season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously weaknesses, but he doesn't need to, uh, you know, work on those weaknesses just yet because it's all about pushing his team to go where they want to go, which is the next step for Jimmy's individual career, which is playoff success and reaching further you know he's not an accolades guy kind of similar to Kawhi Leonard I would be shocked if Kawhi Leonard uh won the MVP at any point in his career because that but also <laughs> to win MVP you like personally like I don't care what you say to the media you have to sort of want it right and, and Jimmy and Kawhi are these type of guys that you know could care less and, and you know you, you always question like you know are they really mean it or did they kind of like stop padding no, everything you see and everything you hear is all about the team. So, you know, for Jimmy to get where he wants to go individually, we have to focus on his team because you know what he's going to bring to the table every night. So that's yeah. the point I really wanted to make. Um, and that's why the Miami Heat's makeup is so important. Um, they actually made the first two signings, and then you can comment on this as well uh, to get into this. They made the first two moves in the offseason. I was on my phone. Unfortunately, I have to drop off my stupid brother, uh, his tennis practice. Oh, he's not stupid, bro. He's a genius. And I, I couldn't, like, watch my phone properly and refresh Woj's uh, Twitter page for what was going on. And then I was not mildly very disappointed to see the first two things as Goran Dragic is back with the heat. And What's then wrong the with that? Signing, nothing's wrong with th- that, but something's wrong with this. Uh, a two-year, I think, $20 million or $10 million, Yeah, two-year $20 million deal for Myers Leonard. Uh, a guy who was the 11th, 12th man, um, which was didn't make sense to me because I, you want to reward your guys, but and the people were arguing with me, you can trade them later. You know, it's the second second season is a team option or whatever. But 
dude, you're you're the reigning champions, like Eastern Conference champions. Like someone is going to want uh, to come there, and you're Pat fucking Riley. So that really caught me off guard. I understand I mean, the Goron thing. I like you signed Goron, but uh, like I don't. I honestly don't think it's too much of a d- big problem because like you just throw them. They're in for fine, fun. but if you're like if you just get rid of them, like it, it won't be that hard to get someone to take a ten million dollar Myers Myers Leonard contract. Like, but if you get player. what? No, and he's not a bad player, but clearly wasn't effective against the top teams. If you get what they needed, I'm looking at their depth chart right now. Uh, Andre Godal is actually under contract for next season, which is good for them. But, um. Look at their power for if you look at their front court uh, in the four and five position, they have Myers, Leonard, and Bam uh, as the starters. Kelly Olynyk backing up Bam, and then Maurice Harkless backing up Leonard. Like you need, like clearly, it's glaring that you know a stretch four, you know who who can rim run and set hard screens would be amazing for this team and a good rebounder too. I mean, that is I don't know kind if a of, player. That yeah, is I don't know if a player. Myers Leonard is not a you know like lightning rod three-point shooter you know what i'm saying i mean at his height and his level like that's the most you can expect i guess i mean there's better players than him that can shoot the three but that's my point that's kind of stretch the floor and i think one thing about heat culture and this kind of goes to my larger point that i've been making the past few podcasts is like if you show that you can pay your guys even if they're the 11th or 12th man on your team it just provides that much more value for a player to sign with your team going into the future so yeah, them them rewarding Goran is going to be seen by other players, and they're going to be like, "Wow, uh, that's really cool." That's a stretch. I, I don't like. I don't that think narrative. so. It's a stretch. Taking no, care uh, of your players looks good and looks nice and stuff. I think like, it does. No, from from an owner perspective, right? You got to keep the players that are around you happy. What's the whole thing with the Rockets right now? Like their whole thing is like, what? They is their team going to collapse if they don't keep Myers Leonard happy? No, I am not fully collapse. on board. I we I, we literally predicted we, our first pod. We literally predicted Dragic was going to stay with the Heat. So I have zero problems with that. That's not an issue. No, no, no. I I think them giving the Myers Leonard contract with the Makes second no player sense. option, it's only no ten million dollars. Like, yes, not the, only, but think about the guys who went for the nine point eight. Tristan Thompson went for that. You yeah. know, Aaron Baines. These guys. These types of guys. I understand it. Why didn't, why didn't they get Danilo Gallinari? He wanted to win. Danilo Gallinari would have been perfect for this team. I think he wanted too much, though. I, I think he wanted well, more. I mean, we can talk about that. I, was, I, you know, I tweeted about that. That was the stupidest thing of all time. This guy said all summer he wanted to win and then go sign with the 20-win team Yeah, I mean, because I he got know. the bag. But, and, and that's what it comes down to, right? Like, for Myers Leonard. All the time. I mean, yeah, they could have gone after Tristan Thompson. They could have gone after... Honestly, they could have made a trade for uh, Miles Turner too. <laughs> sure, if they had but, and they had the pieces to do so. I mean, I, I just don't, I, I don't understand. I, I mean, signing my signing, you know, Myers Leonard. I don't think is like a horrible idea. They 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 kind of utilize him in the in the regular season, and then put him in in like a filler if they're looking to make a trade. Bro, he later. was he was unplayable in the playoffs. The reason you saw him was because he was flexing and cheering on his team the entire bubble. That's my I whole understand, point. but. He, and in this saturated market, ten million is very, very valuable. That's my, my point. Opinion, though, like ten they, million is a you lot. Play, you play like teams when you get to the when you get to the playoffs. I don't think your rotation, like who you're paying ten million, like who you're paying ten million, doesn't necessarily matter at that point. Like you're paying Myers Leonard to play in the regular season, not in the playoffs. Like they didn't sign that guy to pay him twenty million for you know playoff basketball. That's my opinion. I don't know. And obviously, that might like you know raise some eyebrows, but 
Like if they were well, to sign a guy like Tristan Thompson or Aaron Baines, I feel like they would have asked for more money. And I well, think he's that, definitely a regular season player because he averages eleven and nine and shoots forty-one percent from three. Okay, so see, these are not bad numbers, especially for a guy at his height. That's what I was saying. Like, I just—he's uh, a good player. T- I just don't think they in the bubble. Like in, in the bubble, like he, he didn't do an amazing job. But like at the same time, like who's he gonna play? Like his main problem against the Lakers was the fact that he couldn't defend freaking Anthony Davis, and that's not his fault. It's just that's what it is, right? So, but they, certainly yeah, they he couldn't play him because he could have played against Daniel Tice. Why couldn't he play against Daniel Tice? That's my question. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm asking. Like, it, I, I understand he's a good player, but if you're on the if you're on the bench for two and a half rounds straight, like ten million is like ten percent of your like salary cap like that's a big fucking deal i understand but it's not because he was playing poorly it was also because they wanted to use different lineups uh use other players like it just depends like dwight didn't play for an entire series not because like he's bad it's just because they knew that they could use how much is dwight howard making i mean he was on how much is dwight howard making how much is javel making i i understand but dude he's like a guy who's obviously a little bit he's shooting 41 percent at his height is not something that you can come. They should have signed. They should have signed Christian Wood over. Uh, you were not going to get Christian Wood. For, I don't uh, think they could have gotten him. Thurgy Baca. They could have signed for him. They they made the same amount. Who'd you want in your team? Myers Leonard or, or Sergi Baca? I mean, uh, I thank you. Exactly. That's my I point. I don't know if Sergi Baca would have gone to the Heat though. And that's my point. And the, think about it. we're not mentioning the timing of it. Like the second move, like literally the moment of free agency. Like you're like because you know the, the first call the team your wants your call is players. Like, that's the I thing. Know, yeah, like that's know. the difference between that's what you see as the main difference between people. That's why people like to play for the Heat. That's why people. Want I wouldn't it. do that. I wouldn't do that. You reward players like Bam in an so, era of the player it. movement. Like by showing them that we like to you know, keep our players together. We, we trust and respect our players. It's, it's something that you don't really see. That's how they build their brand, you know, with NBA players. Let, let's at the end of the day, for a second. Like in 2021 comes along, people are going to look at the Myers Leonard contract and be like, okay, that's, that's wild. But the fact that they paid him that much and, you know, are a contending team and that they care about their players is going to go a long way, I think. I think let's that's the big just, difference. Make sure I'm getting the number right. If it's also, weird. yeah, he made 9.4. Uh, this upcoming year, but the thing is, that's not horrible, okay. dude. You were saying ten, nine point four is even less than that. And I, but and I mean, but, but compared to like nine point two, and just Sergi Baca, Sergi Baca got nine point six as well. That's my whole point. Sergi Ser- uh, Baca's Montres, older. Montres Harrell got the same amount as Montres well. Harrell. Like, these are other hard. guys who are proven. Yeah, but Tr- neither Tr- can Myers Leonard. Like these Myers are Leonard these defensive much monsters. better than. But I know, but Myers Leonard is a better shooter, and I mean he's he's, he's average, bigger. He's, He's bigger than Trez, so he can't really. He, sh- he can be a spot up shooter, but he's not as talented as Trez. I don't think so. I mean, Trez that, has a lot of power, point. but like, but I my would, point is, I would like, take a, I would take length and size over a guy who's just like, who just can't even compete against the big men, right? Like, I'm just saying. So, my whole point is, is like, let me just make this like final. Also, point. he plays power forward. He's not even their center. Like, Bam is the guy that's guarding their like. Big yeah, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not trying to make this a big deal. I just like really did not like this as like one of the first signings you do. Like taking care of your players is not an excuse 
if you're trying to win an NBA championship. So who do you, who, um, do you think they should assign Serge Ibaka? Let me make start for twenty million. Yes, yes. Why? Because look how look how high Clipper fans are on Serge Ibaka. They're they're talking about him like he's Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah, because um, they Serge Ibaka they didn't do anything else. That's like, a different story, bro. They're dude, what are you talking about? Um, of course they're gonna sign Serge Ibaka and talk about it like he's like the next Hakeem because yeah, they literally have to. Story. They don't have a choice. Yeah, they didn't even make the finals, dog. They're thinking that's but sign even Serge you. Even you would sign Sergi Baca over Myers Leonard, who you've seen a lot of. Sergi Baca has a championship. He's not old. He's like 33, and I guarantee you, Miles Leonard is like what 28. Like it's not these old players doesn't mean shit. Like Sergi Baca is a, a a a better shooter, um, not a better shooter, a, a well enough shooter. Sergi Baca can actually play defense still. Um, he averages the same amount of points and gets the same amount of rebounds, and it's championship. I can pedigree. see that. Yeah, I'm not going like to argue Jimmy. with you and tell you that you know signing Serge Ibaka is obviously is a good idea. Thank you. Sure. And they made the yeah. same amount of money, so that's my whole point. Like, at least get a meeting with him. At least get a meeting with him, Aaron Baines, like Tristan Thompson, some some someone that's going to excite the Heat culture and excite Jimmy. And that's the guy you want to make happy. That's the guy you want to take care of. How do you take care of your superstar that's already under contract? You get him better players, so you okay. Can, but uh, I, I will succeed. say this: that Myers Leonard was like a big part of the locker room. Like he was a guy that everyone really respected. Sure, I understand, you know, he, but I, I wouldn't, room. you know, I, for a I bunch of young guys. So I wouldn't I'm, cry I'm, over it over a week if because I, I still have culture guys. I have Iggy in there. Bam's a great guy. Jimmy's a great guy. Drogic is selfless. Like it's it's not the end of the world. Like sometimes you have to make sacrifices. I understand, um, but his locker room presence was one of the reasons why he got that contract. Other we literally cut that. Demarcus Cousins. Like savage things happen. We cut Quinn Cook like twice okay. and we resigned him. <laughs> like like these are horrible cutting Demarcus though. Like point. no no cutting Demarcus is also like. He, like the Lakers talked to him before they did it. They were like, "Yo, like we are going to let you go, but you can, you know, still work at out at, at, at our, you know, at our franchise." And more often gonna, than not, if the Rockets didn't pick him up, I'm sure the Lakers would have done something to keep him going here. I, I want to phrase it like this. I want to phrase it like this. Like, so he's making nine point four, right? Any any teams? Any he's an any average teams, center. So I think teams, that's like completely. You could have gotten an above average center for the same price as my overall point. That's my whole point. Instead of jumping the gun, I don't gun, think Serge Ibaka is an above average. I think that guy's perfectly average as well. Like I don't think he's like. No, I don't think so. I think he's above average. Look at his stats and his pedigree. Like winning a championship and being in the playoff roots in a championship rotation matters. If you're in a championship rotation, your 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 value goes up. That's why KCP got the fucking bag. That's my whole point. Listen to this. So. Um, KCB actually would have made more if he took the Pistons on a, contract on a way back when. On the so contending know. team, on a contending team, um, your best player is going to make 30, 35 million, right? You have a hundred, hundred K salary cap, whatever it is, 35, that's out of the window. Right. And let's say you, you have uh, a star alongside him, right. You know, uh, coming into his own, that's probably going to be like 20 million as well. Why right? is that 20 million? 50, 55 is out the window. Right, okay. I think that, it should that's be a little more. It's like sixty-five. That, okay, it that's be, okay. Yeah, okay. That's what it should. Be. You want to say? I was being conservative. So what's okay. left? Thirty-five million left to build out what? Thirteen spots and such. And I'm not saying I'm not. You know, the keep uh, the Heat's cap space is great. Thirteen yeah, you spots. You got a bunch of young guys that play really well. So thirteen spots. Yeah, they got lucky. Like let's be honest. Thirteen spots for thirty-five million. And if I'm a GM, if I'm a GM. And I'm giving 10 million bucks to my quote unquote ninth, like that's giving him an edge, eighth, ninth, tenth man. I'm left with 25 million left. 
You get what I'm saying? So like, it's not like from a mathematical and calculation perspective, but I mean, it Leonard doesn't Star- sound great. But from a morality standpoint, the point you're making, which I think is a stretch, I understand. Sure. I, I also Matt, think Myers Leonard's a great. I mean, guy. I mean, Leonard also starts for them. He just didn't start for them in this past. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he would have, uh, he would have signed back for like half as much. He would have. I guarantee you. He loves that team. He would have taken 5.1. I guarantee I would put like anything on that. When you, when you have that big of a players. team and a good team, like you, you would do that much. Anyways, um, we've gone down a rabbit hole, but Bam's extension means a lot um, as well. You know, the securing him long-term. So I think Jimmy's going to be happy with that. Um, I th- what do you expect from them? Uh, you know, we talked about their standing and stuff like that. What do you expect from their play this upcoming season? Um, and, and how do you and who are the who are more players you expect to ascend or maybe take a a, a back seat uh, in this depth chart? I think Tyler Hero is going to be definitely. He's a, lot, he has a lot of pressure. He he could have made our list. He did make our list. We cut him. Yeah, and I think because there's like not much to talk about other than the fact that he can shoot threes. I think this upcoming season he's going to see a lot of attention from a lot of players in terms of defensively. Like oh yeah, everyone has his film. Him. And they're, they're gonna just gonna—they're just gonna make sure they double him every time he catches the ball because they know that he's gonna be, you know, caught out, and that's gonna be, I think, one of the main discrepancies when it comes to like playing in a seven-game series. Yeah, that's where he's gonna struggle. Like people are just gonna throw themselves at him, and I think with him and Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson's release is so freaking quick it doesn't matter. Like people knew that he could shoot that well. And like they still couldn't guard him. I feel like that's not going to be the same for Tyler Hero. And I think I honestly want to see more out of Duncan Robinson than I do out of Tyler Hero. You're not going to see anything other than what he's already providing. The dog is just going to from Robinson. From like Robinson is at his like he's at his ceiling right now in his NBA career. Like ah, uh, that is a complete stretch. There's no fucking way. Don't the even, guy shoots no threes and he's good at it. What what he's more good. do you want from him? But he could still like achieve that at a higher clip and get more touches and like you said it like two pods ago one sure. more three a game he could go from nine to twelve two more threes he could average 15 points on the heat which is yeah. very possible i mean sure but like you're not gonna see anything other than his like one-dimensional play style is what i'm trying to say like from tyler hero you, you can, no from tyler hero you can make the case that one Duncan robinson's older and two, Tyler Hero at least has that. I don't age know why you bring up him. age when, like, the age you're referring to is the difference between because 21 you, and like 24. Yeah, that's, that's a that's, big difference. There's no old. It's not a big difference when they're young. If you want to talk about 34 year olds versus okay, 31 year olds, like, then it you matters. You also need to see the fit of the team. Like, nobody's asking Duncan Robinson to create his own shot. Whereas Tyler Hero, if Tyler Hero learns to create his own shot, he will be ten times more valuable for them. Right. I understand, but my point was, I think if they utilize him more, Duncan Robinson, I personally think Duncan Robinson is a more accurate shooter than uh, Tyler Hero. It's kind of like the Clay Thompson, yeah, he Steph is. Curry thing. He like is, fans, but... fans like go crazy over Steph, but I, I would choose Clay Thompson uh, to hit a shot for my life, and I kind of pr- uh, predict the same Why? Uh, for, for Duncan. Yeah, I would take Clay Thompson over Steph Curry. Like seriously, for one shot to save my entire life, yeah, he's cash. I think you underestimate Steph. I think they both are the no, same. No, not really. Steph is Steph is like wildly ten times better off the dribble, that kind of shooter stuff like that. But if if I need an automatic shot, like I think a lot of basketball I think people would just, not uh, find this as a hot take. It's not a hot take, but I just think that you trust a more fundamental shot. And I think that yeah, Tyler is like a skinny guy who like who like kind of like winds up his shot a little bit to like shoot it. Like he kind of like and, and okay, but regardless of all of that, that's who 
the, the team kind of comes down to. And I think those are the two players that are going to define their success in the coming season because Bam is probably going to, you know, play the same. I think he plays a little bit better. He doesn't necessarily need to develop a jumper, right? Defensively, you're going to see their aggression. Goran Dragic is going to be able to find these guys on his pick and roll play. Um, if Tyler Hero can successfully run the pick and roll without, you know, screwing it up and making the right reads, you know, later in the season, he's going to be a very valuable asset for them moving into the playoffs. Because then he can, like, score on his own. He can take some pressure off of, you know, Goran. And he can be that, you know, third playmaker um, or fourth playmaker other than Avery Bradley. But, like, you know, them having Avery Bradley also helps. They're like they're like literally the same player. Like Tyler Hero averages less minutes actually than Duncan. Duncan actually gets thirty. He starts. I, I don't know why I'm thinking the opposite. Um, yeah, Robinson Tyler Hero is a backup. But um, t- but this <laughs> one but this changed like midway through season. Like in the playoffs, like Hero was starting and he also was playing well. So I'm mean, gonna take it with a grain of salt because Tyler Hero at the beginning of the season, obviously, like he was just getting used to his role. Oops, okay, and- awesome. The playoff per game numbers are somewhat different. 33. Yeah, you're right. Tyler Hero did bump up. He averaged like 34 minutes a game, but the shooting numbers, Duncan still was averaging 40 in the playoffs, while Tyler Hero was averaging uh, 38. Yeah. Now, okay. And Duncan at- uh, attempted more. Yeah, threes. because. Yeah, obviously Duncan Robinson shoots better than Tyler Hero. I'm not saying the ones, but I just think that Tyler Hero can develop more aspects to his game because his game allows him to do so. Like perhaps. Well, I mean, perhaps like we saw some <laughs> inkling of him finishing at the rim. You know, that was that you didn't see from Duncan Robinson. We also I, I, saw- I think the hype is going to be too big for for him. So he came off a six. No, he has really big shoes to fill, five, and I think that's he's going to be four. a guy who's going to who's going to possibly regress. Um, or perform like he's probably gonna like even if he averages 14 points a game, people are gonna be like, yeah, the dude's washed. But like the dude can like improve and stuff like that. But like in a couple you gotta, of years, you got like established veterans are not going away. They're not gonna go away for you, and that's what I see in Goran Dragic. Like he just got a new contract. He's gonna play hard. Like uh, he, yeah. he's getting older and stuff. Like he's not going away. You know. He's not. So I mean, you know, if that starting lineup can like you know build up the, I think they're depending. Yeah, they're depending a lot on their. Um, starting lineup because you talk about Dragic at the one hero butler sure myers leonard and then bam at a bio what that you better average like 75 a game with that lineup so i don't think so i mean you had kelly olenek who played pretty well in the in the postseason people were like really confused i think it got kind of underlooked actually never mind this is gonna be a high scoring team the dude five points the dude Kelly, like Olenek was, he was playing pretty well. I think people didn't like count his stats or anything because he was. Yeah, like, but that's one bench guy. I'm just talking about the dependency I mean, on the starting lineup. It wasn't just him. It was also things. Andre Godala. You also have Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, but I'm talking about from a points scorer. perspective. Yeah, all those guys score. So Kendrick Nunn took a backseat in the playoffs. I'm, I'm like determining from the playoffs. So Iggy's Iggy's not a scorer. Like get that out of the way. Uh, Olenek's gonna hit a couple threes. Sure. I mean, Duncan's a real threat, but he's gonna regress to like 12, 13 points a game. And then Kendrick Nunn, who had a hot rookie season is you know I think he gets better he, he gets better but he was third string you gotta imagine he he, he had a couple dnps in the playoffs too so yeah because he just can't he's atrocious on the offensive end like she were like praying for him and like every night to figure stuff out because he can't well, run the pick and roll no, he, uh, he's a, he's erratic i don't think he's atrocious so i mean there's a reason why he got those dnps like you said it's just because like him out there like 
they would just find him. Like that's another problem with the deficiencies is like their defense. And I think every Bradley, like no wait, what do you mean really their well. deficiencies? They they were an outstanding defensive team. No, but that's where the Lakers kind of dissected them. That's how they lost. Well, they were an elite defensive team, like further, but I mean in the playoffs. Yeah. Like that's what a lot of teams are gonna do. I know, but a lot of teams now are gonna do what the Lakers did, which is what they just singled out Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Oh, we know that. Sure to run pick and rolls, and like when you play against a team like the Nets, who have two really good scorers, they're gonna do exactly that. They're gonna make sure that Robinson's guarding Durant. That'll be interesting. We can transition to that, and then like that's the pick and roll switching that's going to cause them problems because even though you want to stick jimmy on kd like let, let, let's transition to that they're let's, just going to screen it, it let's set it up let's set it up so sure. obviously the two teams i mentioned at the top uh were the bucks and the nets that i think on paper on paper looks to be better than the heat um do they have any chance against both of these teams i'll let you take it i think bucks got better defensively they added drew holiday who's like but overall they're thin though they're super thin I, i'm not impressed you're, you're saying that they're thin because they, they gave up Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, but I think Drew Holiday is better than both of those players, right? I understand, but like one injury, one injury to one of them, like think about it. But they're all relatively healthy players. So I don't – I mean – Not Drew Holiday. He's not necessarily healthy. He, he's all right. He does the job. I think he's better than Eric Bledsoe. They've improved their team. Too, they improved their team. So yeah, 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 they they did. They they improved their playoff um, rotation, perhaps. Yeah, but that's all that people matters. are people are talking like Drew Holiday is like prime Darren Williams or some shit. Like I don't even know, bro. Like, like, like we can get into it later. But the three first rounders, like all this stuff, like the leverage was just the obvious leverage was just insane. And David, Griffin, I mean, the, like, yeah, the Pelicans obviously flipped him for literally so much. And I think the Bucks being so desperate, like the Bucks were in this position where like they either do everything they can to keep Giannis or they're screwed. So they decided to just lay all their cards on the table, just take whatever they could. And Drew Holiday was the first thing. That but anyways, back to the Heat. Yeah, away. the matchup with the Heat. Yeah, I mean, I think that defensively, the the Bucks are better, but again, it comes down to Tyre and Duncan Robinson and how they performed this yeah. season. Defensively, I I, I put them. I, I think I think they have a chance. I think they have a chance of beating the Bucks this season again. I, I think they do. They have a chance because because they, they know they know the recipe and then also um, Spolster can hide Hero and Robinson on defense. Like we saw, yeah, because then they, they added Avery Bradley, so it's like it, it doesn't take extensive research from round one with the Pacers to go after you know Robinson and, and Hero. You know, it, it doesn't take you know. I, I bet Nate McMillan was doing that on several plays, but at some point. Um, you know, your, your talent isn't good enough. But when the talent gets to that level, second round, third round, where you can start targeting those guys, NBA finals, then it gets dicey, right? So yeah. in terms of the regular season, they'll be fine and such. I think um, the team that, yeah, the team that really takes them out of the picture is definitely the Nets. I think Nets, those are, that's the team. Healthy. Yeah, if they can stay healthy, like, it's going to be very tough to guard Kyrie on a nightly basis. Um it's even hard. I don't, I think there's nobody that's a better scorer than Kevin Durant when he's in his like prime form. And but come playoffs, I see Kevin Durant being there. So definitely, I don't really um, know what they're gonna do. It's probably gonna be Bam against him. But I and Jimmy, him. like as good as he is, I don't I don't see him sticking. And I don't see Drogic guarding Kyrie or Jimmy sticking KD. 
and, 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 and the and, Nets bench is nothing to, to, to sniff at. I think it's very, very nice and competent. Yeah, but yeah they got um, Crystal so Bird and Dinwiddie still tough, on their books. So. But I'm just worried, like, injuries or anything doesn't play them. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, last thing we're going to do is sort of talk about Jimmy was drafted. Um, number 30th overall in his draft. And I'm going to read you his entire draft class and see he was 30th and see where, you know, he, who else was in his draft class that, and where he might stack up. Um, 2011 draft. I'm not sure who went. Okay, I think that was, that wasn't the Kyrie. It was the Kyrie. Yeah, it was the Kyrie. It was the Kyrie draft. Yeah. Um, here we go. I'm going to read the last names. Okay. In order. So we got Kyrie Irving, Derek Williams, and his cancer went third overall. I don't know how I don't Ridiculous, remember that. Bro. Tristan Thompson, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Jan Vesley, Bismack Biombo, Brandon Knight at eight, Campbell Walker Shout out to Brandon nine. Knight, bro. I remember Cam- that. Campbell Walker at nine. That's nuts. My boy Jimmer at 10 till actually Milwaukee. Clay Thompson is 11. Uh, Alec Burks is 12. Markeith and Marcus Morris, 13-14. Kawhi at 15 from San Diego State got a rep. Nikola Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic went to USC. What the hell? Never Maybe the wrong that. USC. Um, he went 16. Iman Shumper, Chris Singleton, Tobias Harris went 19. This draft is kind of stacked. Uh, Donatus uh, Mahuntis. Uh, he was on the Rockets. Uh, Nolan Smith from Duke. Kenneth Fareed went 22nd. Miritich 23. Reggie Jackson, Marshawn Brooks, Jordan Hamilton, Jawan Johnson, Norris Cole. Corey Joseph and Jimmy Butler. This is a good draft. Yeah, but you can already see like you know some things already jump out to you. The, the Morris twins went, which is pretty cool. Um, really high. They, they obviously really high. like if you're to redraft this, you probably put Kawhi over Kyrie, and then you go Kawhi then Kyrie, and then probably Jimmy, dude, or Jimmy. There's Jimmy and then there's Clay. Or, six all stars. This is six all stars from uh, this this draft, and. Isaiah Thomas Butler. like rounds it out at the very bottom. 16. If you're building out your team, do you want Jimmy Butler or Kemba Walker? I take Jimmy. But it's Defensive. a question though. You, nah, you it, you I, would, I would take it. yeah, but now I, I take I, I take Jimmy 100. percent Kemba's a great scorer, but he's just undersized, and I think even though he can facilitate on the offensive end, defensively he's a problem. But Jimmy can do it. Intri- I'm intrigued by his three ball. So what did he I mean, shoot for his career? 20. Oh, never mind. 36. <laughs> Who? Walker. That's not too high. But Jimmy Butler, do you, do you even know what VORP is? He has the second highest VORP in this draft. And his win shares, he has the highest win shares, which is crazy. So win shares, that, that's like an advanced Jimmy Butler. That's like an advanced stat that kind of is the definition of what we're talking about. Like how much do you contribute to winning? I'd have to research this advanced stat uh, more. You know, I, I don't because I don't give enough shit about it. Um, but win shares, I'm sure, is commonly known as, you know, just contributing to your team to winning, like, and what you're doing in winning time to produce enough. I definitely sure. butcher that definition, but uh, yeah. feel free Honestly, for in the yeah, comments you, to you can, like, yeah, You can freaking try to figure out all these different ways of uh, putting it together. But when you look at this squad, what jumps out to me the most is, like, Kawhi benefited from being on two really good teams that led him to, you know, win championships. Jimmy never had a team that was considered. Oh yeah. We've never talked about his talent. Yeah. And I think that that in and of itself kind of shows like how like he's made the teams that he's played on always better 
significantly better than what they were before he joined. Like the Sixers squad literally fell apart after he left. Like people didn't know what was going on, right? And yeah. that kind of just like and same with the Timberwolves squad. The Bulls are now freaking like not as good. And arguably speaking, like, you know, there's only a few players in the NBA who have left the team and then like that team was like, you know, much worse off. Yeah. And where they were. So And it's just like, look what happens when you give these winning players like competent talent. Like Jimmy almost led them to the Eastern Conference Finals. And you could have said whether or not they would have won or not. I think Embiid against the Bucks would have maybe dominated, honestly. And yeah. just like the same thing, back to quiet and stuff like that. And it just like propels me just to think about the, yeah. James Harden in this situation, like you know, the help he's gotten, you know, whether or not shit's dysfunctional or not, but compare that to a guy like Jimmy Butler, you finally give him like competent talent in the right organization and and look what he does with it. Like no complaints whatsoever. It's just, it's just mind blowing. I have a question. Would you put James Harden on the heat team? Do you think they make the finals? If I put James Harden uh, on that heat team? Yeah. I think they challenge the Lakers, and it's a coin flip for the championship. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think James Harden is that good. I think Jimmy Butler is that much better than Kyrie. Um, their bench just thin, but when you get to the playoffs, like like we, we talked about, it really doesn't matter. No one's sticking KD, but James Harden almost beat KD, you know, with a better player than Jimmy Butler in Steph Curry. Do you, but do you think that James Harden is proven enough in the playoffs for you to make that statement? Uh He's not, but he's not playing by himself or with one player. He's playing with, you could maybe argue, two and a half other players that are proven in the playoffs. Uh, or three and okay. a half. Let's go three and a half in Bam, Jimmy, and Dragic. And then the half is here or Rogers or whatever you want to do. So it really doesn't matter. You put, you put Harden on that team, um, give him his 26, 25, let Jimmy defer, which is what he's good at. Give Bam his cute little, you know, no, 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 no. Eleven. Jimmy's not on the team. You swing Jimmy after what? James Harden. Why did that's you say that? You fucking. <laughs> that's why I was like, what? That's what I didn't no, that's what say I said. that at all. You I said, if you put said James put Harden Jimmy, on James Harden on that team instead of Jimmy, instead of Jimmy. That's what I was trying to say. I think I said that, but you might have missed. All right. Okay. Do they make yeah. the finals? They they don't make the finals. They don't make the finals. Who's guarding Kyrie still? Like, no one's guarding Kyrie. Like, no one's no one's sticking Giannis. And, and it's and, and this is not like I don't know why you have such a different opinion. Like, I want it to be very very clear. Like, James can play in any system, any style. It's not about his style. He it was in a system that he didn't want to be in, but had to to win games. Like, so what we're seeing from James Harden the last three years, it doesn't matter. It was. For him, we get it, but that's not his only like play style. I hate when people just jump to that and it's just like, oh, he can only play one way. He doesn't pass. He just dribbles fifteen times. Yes, because it was his system. Of course, he wants to pass. No, of course, he wants to do more. He's very talented offensively. He could play in Spolster's offense and average thirty-three. That's how lethal he is. Um, yeah, I understand. That, that's a good question. I think that's a good question. I, I think they are in the second round, um, and you really have to see see it there. See what yeah. I, I think Boston, Boston and Miami is, oof, that would be crazy series. I think I think the main Tatum thing, and Brown on Harden, holy shit, would be nuts. I think that the hardest thing for a lot of, I guess, Harden fans to kind of grasp, and I will counter your point a little bit, is like 
Harden relies a lot on his free throws to kind of score. At but times. again, you're talking about the system. No, I completely no, I, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily the system. It I, is. I think it I is. Think he, no, he looks for fouls and he gets them in the regular season. And I think. But that, who doesn't look for fouls when they're driving? But I think that's Want my point. Contact. No, I know, but like that's my point. Sometimes you see this guy taking worse shots. I, I, I'm, I'm sure that the system plays a role in that, but I need to be proven otherwise to believe it. I need to see it to believe it. Wait, what is your overall point? I'm not, I'm not understanding. When it comes to the playoffs, they're not giving you the same calls, and I think that kind of throws off his. Oh entire yeah. Game. Okay. And, I see. And it, I see your point a little. The, yeah, and, and then it gets to the point, right? Where you're like, okay, like I'm do, I'm trying all the same things I was doing in. Oh, I okay. I'll concede. You need to be specific because the free throws from the three-point attempts. I agree. That's bullshit. He needs to stop that. That's that has nothing to do with the system. Like that is his play. Yeah, like, that's yeah, bullshit. yeah. He, he'll like pump it, get you in the air, and then like they're not going to call it. And then you're just like, oh, like what's going on? Throws off the whole team mood because now you're just yeah. like complaining. And then you you didn't get those three shots. They're on or the other get back on defense. Yeah, and it's like, and it happens a couple times, obviously. And with the Lakers. When they're playing, like, you know, they're not going to call the same plays, the same fouls, the way they do in the regular season. And it really screws with him because he's a very good regular season player. And he, like, knows what's going to get what. And in the playoffs, obviously, you know, the way they grade things are obviously much harder. They let them play more. And I think it just screws with him. And I think if he plays a pure offensive game, like, where he doesn't rely on that, I think, you know, it puts him in another category altogether. I that's, think that um, – That's my opinion. And, I, and I've seen no, that – I agree. I was confused. I, I thought I thought you um, thought that when he drives and stuff, like he's just looking for stuff. And I'm like, that's part of anyone's game. Like if, if you're at oh, the yeah, top of the no, key, no. And he's you like, have to take. I'm you have go, to. You have to I'm take. I'm gonna contact. go to the key. I'm gonna go to the key looking for contact and get a good shot. Like obviously, that that's a scorer's mentality. Yeah. No. Like, but I don't I'm talking. That. But like there will be times where he'll be taking just poor shots. Just off of the fact that, like, oh, he jumped in the air. I'm going to try to somehow. It's not even jumping in the air, bro. Like, he literally goes parallel, like, with, like, Kicking the sideline. Like, his, his body, it goes, gets to the point, his body is parallel with the sideline on TV. Yeah. That's what it looks like. And his hip literally hits, like, bone first to the ground. Like, that's the extent. Like, imagine that as a shooter. Like, his legs are 180 degrees, like, there. <laughs> Dead ass. Like, literally. think about it. Yeah, the guy. It is. It's ridiculous. It's, it's insane. It's so he's funny about to cuss out the ref. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, dude, like, I don't even know. Like, I'm on the ground. Like, give me the call." It just doesn't work. Eric Gordon starts doing it. CP3 starts doing that, it. That's the that's the entire sole reason why I hated the freaking the Rockets. These, these and that's guys. a whole other podcast. We yeah. <laughs> we'll, how much we'll we hate the Rockets to avoid. Yeah. Um, you know, but thank you guys so much. This was an episode about Jimmy Butler. Props to you, man. One of my favorite players I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, major respect. Uh, literally was at Staples Center when and uh, when you annihilated the Lakers to keep the season alive. So major props to you uh, for making that happen and willing your team. Uh, and I'm expecting great, great things and a great battle in the Eastern Conference Finals as we are. Um, but that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you enjoy Jimmy Butler and talking about the Miami Heat, be sure to uh, come back tomorrow uh, where we're going to have a pod up about another player. Uh, this one, you know, staying in the East Coast, another big. Um, so come, uh, tune in next time tomorrow to figure out who that might be. It's a fun one. Um, and, and we're looking forward to continuing this countdown so we can get to December 22nd as soon as possible. This has been the Uncharted Pod. Uh, my name's Shub. I'm with Yash here, and you guys have a good night. Appreciate it. Take it easy.